Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. Well, good Wednesday morning to you. This is Carl and Crew. I'm Allie. Carl, how are you feeling this morning? I feel good. No, I don't feel that good. No, tried it. Friend. I tried it, Young Thunder. Tried to sing that one for you. You did. Hey, you know it's what? I'm, I'm proud of you, but I, I wish that it, you know, it was more than just a mental game that yeah, you could work we, past. We don't know what this is, actually. There's. Have you ever heard of this? People do COVID tests at home. So let me back up. Went okay. to Israel with uh, 180 uh, and Boom Crew on a bus, about 50 of us in total. It was supposed to be a nice intimate trip of about 20 to 30. We wound up with 50. Kept growing. But it was a great, great trip, and right at the end, the wheels started coming off health-wise. Mm-hmm. We had to take we had to take one young lady down to a hospital or uh, ur- urgent care urgent kind care. of place. Okay. But I mean, good grief! They can set bones and put needles in your arm. So we got her on an IV, and uh, he said, "This I'm, I'm wondering if he's like they're leaving the country. You don't even tell them the truth because he said it's very contagious viral thing she has. So I don't know." What we have, my bride and I, and but half the team looks like they have COVID, and the other half might just be undiagnosed COVID. Oh. So oh. it's a it's a bummer. I'm hoping it is COVID. And You're hoping uh, it is. Yeah, I am because then you build immunities. You know what I mean? And you know <laughs> what it is. Yeah, I mean yeah. it'd be a bummer to have this flu and then go, hey. COVID could be right around the corner. Oh. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. I mean, no, I get it. If, I get if it. I'm going to feel this way, I want it to be COVID. <laughs> right, I, I get it. I want this to be COVID. No, I'm doing great, guys. I'm, my, my heart is filled with joy, and I really mean that, Allie. My heart is filled with joy. That's good to hear. I mean, it's. I'm sorry that you're feeling ah, not great. And thanks for letting me stay at home. By yeah, way. I was going to say if you're just listening, going, "Whoa, why is he there? He's not here." No, for, no, 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 no. Thanks for staying at home. By the way, yeah. No, I mean, listen. We talked about this yesterday a little bit. But if I walked in and I went, <coughs> Allie would take one giant step back and go, "What are your symptoms? Yep. How long have you had this?" Mm-hmm. And Go home. <laughs> so I decided I'm going to do a proactive kind of move here. I think it's so good. I, on yeah. Monday, on Martin Luther King Day, I went down and, and uh, Chris Seagard got me lined up. I found this Comrex unit here and hauled it in this padded briefcase home, got it plugged in, and here I am broadcasting live. Nice and clear. Me too. In our mm-hmm. basement. Yeah, I know it's kind of cool. Anyway, I got a question for you, Allie. Sure. Here's the question. It's actually, I think, Allie, you and I had to kick this to super die because we're talking about attributes of fun things, right? Okay. <laughs> Yesterday we talked about attributes of Pro Bowl quarterbacks, mm-hmm. and this all fits with the attributes of a disciple, and that's what we're focused on, on this week, but we've got to have a little bit of fun here. And by the way, it helps set it up. So I've always wanted to know, and I really mean this, what are the essential attributes of a great choreographer. Oh, for mm. sure. That's for Super Die. Yeah, yeah that's for Super Die. <laughs> See, Allie doesn't know. No. I mean, we can guess, you and me, Allie, and Young Thunder, you can, we can guess. Yeah, I wouldn't get they it have right, to, though. They have, to be, they have to be able to dance a little bit themselves, little bit, I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have a little rhythm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Please? Oh, yeah, that's right on. <laughs> if they don't have rhythm, you're out. You're out. If, <laughs> can you imagine a choreographer that had no rhythm? No, oh, not boy. at all. That would be not good. And, and one, two, one, yeah, two, yeah, five, yeah. four, five. Yeah. 
Yeah. Counting, maybe, too. Oh, that's hilarious. Woo. So give us the top two, Super Die, attributes of a great choreographer, since you are one. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, you you right. have got to understand the music, the beats and the theory of the music, and you've got to understand your dancers mm. because it's Ooh. a combination. You have to know the quality and where, you, where the bars of your dancers and what they can glean and where they can't, and you've got to know the music, the beats, yeah. everything, the theory of it, the rhythm. One of my favorite dancers was a guy named Twitch. He took his own life here not too long ago. Yeah, but uh, I loved his dancing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Super I just need to tell you, if you ever work with me on dancing, I'm not at Twitch level. I'm, I'm oh, just not there. Oh, really? Okay. No, I'm just not at Twitch. I had way up there, too. Yeah, I'm not at that <laughs> Twitch level. It just ain't happening. Uh-huh. So I need you to come up with something a little simpler for your oh, buddy, okay. Carl. See, there you go, knowing your dancers. See, that's exactly it. That's exactly right. (laughs) It's crazy. Well, we're talking attributes um, of disciples this week, Allie, and it's a fun discussion. It really is. Yesterday, we talked about what it looks like to be a self-denier. Coming up, we will unveil today's attribute. Just like a choreographer, there are some things you got to have, some things that distinguish a good choreographer from one that is not. Same with being a disciple of Jesus. There are some things that distinguish us from the rest of the world. We'll tell you number two coming up. Get more from your morning show. Check us out on social media. Just search Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, check it out. And I got something else. Another way to get more out of the morning show. Pretty fired up about this. Sunday mornings, we all get a printout on our phone. You guys get that same printout? A printout. Like, yeah, we get a we get a email. At least my iPhone does. Mm. We get an email. Sit, not an email. We get an update on screen time. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doesn't yes. that end at like nine a.m. on Sunday or something? Usually something about like that. that time, yeah. which is perfectly mm-hmm. time because then you've got ample time to prepare your heart for full blown repentance. Because <laughs> you look at the printout and it's like. Holy cat hair. Yeah, you're not I've wrong. The, no, I mean, sometimes it's crazy. I mean, the amount of time you can spend on a phone. So rather yeah. than complaining about that, I have got a solution for you, Boom Crew. And I really mean this. We're going to do everything we can to provide you resources that are going to really ignite the fire within you. And if you've got iTunes or a way to download a podcast, I want you to check out Allie's podcast, Snapshot Testimony. Here's why. Like this week, a guy named James, he's... Uh, he was led to Jesus because he had a need for his kids to get some Christian influence, and he got sidewind missiled by the gospel through Awana. So you're going to get ideas and encouragement for how your life can be used. And guess what? You start listening to podcasts that are adding real value, and you're not surfing around for you know, cat videos. I love cats too, but cat videos can get old quick. <laughs> but here's, here's what will happen. You'll find yourself getting less guilt and shame, and you'll find yourself more fueled up, and it doesn't take a lot of changes. doesn't take a lot of changes. So Allie produces these things. She works her tail off at it, uses her journalism degree in a big way, interviews some of the some super high-profile people. Some people aren't high-profile at all. They're just boom crewers who love Jesus. But uh, this week in particular, you can learn how your life gets some creative ideas in a five minute. This is a short one. Usually they're 15, 18 minutes or a little bit more. But you can get a little fire hosed encouragement for how in the world you might be able to share the gospel with people around you. You might have you might be involved in something right now that's way more relevant to people than you would have ever imagined. You listen to podcasts like this. You won't have FOMO. 
you'll you'll stay off Snapchat so you won't get jealous, and you'll stay off Twitter so you don't get mad. <laughs> and uh, check it out. Check uh, text the word "snap" to our number here, and we'll get an uh, RSS feed sent out to you, and you can get it locked in right now. Text the word "snap" to three one two two seven four nine six two four. We're talking, yeah, we're talking attributes of a disciple this week. Uh, Yesterday, if you recall, we talked about what it looked like to be a self-denier out of Matthew 6, 24. Anything you want to recap from yesterday, Carl? Oh, just that that was a, wasn't that a fun discussion? It really was. What what was your highlight, you guys? Why don't you go around the horn? What did it do in you? Self-denial is a phenomenal topic, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah. I like that we highlighted that that is the entry point based on where we. Yeah, uh, not a goal. Where we're at, (laughs) uh, what we're called Mm -hmm. to be. We're taking up our cross. We're denying self and we're following him. All of that is in the same verse. It's not a follow him. And then one day down the road, you'll be able to deny self and take up your cross. Yeah. Thunder, you got a thought? Yeah, I think for me, uh, one that was really big was just uh, taking that a little bit deeper and realizing that I don't need to win all the time. Uh, <laughs> you know, my my need to defend myself really yeah. shouldn't come first. And and so that was that was a big thing here, because even if I don't win in this life, you know, quote unquote, by other people's standards, I win in eternity. And that's what matters most. Yeah, it's really cool. Well, Carl, what's our central passage for today? Today we're in John 8, 31 and 32. Let me read this thing to us here really quickly. And it's it's interesting because it's wedged in the middle of a chapter that can be rather confusing. But this is what he says. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, let me just tip my hand here and tell you what the rest of this chapter says, that it's very, this is so us, it's not even funny. So the Jews who were listening on said to him, well, we've never been enslaved to anyone or anything because we're children of Abraham. And obviously they didn't know their history very well. (laughs) Yeah, you're not wrong about that. They had forgotten what had happened. And this is the case. What Jesus went on to say was, this isn't about your family tree. This is about a condition of your soul. So this is what Jesus is saying. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. I'll get, I'm going to break this down from Israel here in just a moment. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. One of the, I mentioned this yesterday about humility and self-denial but paired with it is this whole issue of scripture i don't care where you are in israel what site you go to there is a direct correlation between those who humbly accept the word of god and those who forget it those who humbly accept it they they it's not the great pain avoider you you don't avoid pain But the blessing of God is real. And those that neglect the word of God invariably get their booties kicked. It's just there. So humility, self-denial, yesterday's self-denial, today's scripture consumer. Yeah, got to be there. Uh, This is there are four times the word disciple is used as genuine attributes of what a disciple looks like. And scripture consumer is one of them. Do you guys find this to be true in your own life? 
Absolutely. Yes, 100%. <laughs> when I'm, I, I know there's a difference in my life when I'm consuming Scripture and when I'm not consuming Scripture. The, the evidence and how I'm acting, how I'm feeling, how I'm thinking, all of that stuff changes. That's it. That's it. Like night and day. Absolutely. It's just wild. Yeah. So, yeah, we want to talk about that this morning and just really drill down on... Are we consuming scripture? And in fact, coming up here in the next hour, I want to build a case for why hiding God's word in your heart is so critically important. But this is a great topic and a great attribute, Allie. It really is. So how do you do that? How do you become a scripture consumer in 2023? How do you hide God's word in your heart? We'll talk about it more coming up. Hang out with the team after the show. Just follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Curl and Crew Mornings. It's the famous D.L. Moody who said this quote, I never saw a useful Christian who was not a student of the Bible. How do you feel about that quote, Carl? Absolutely spot on. Uh, there's no way to avoid it. Scripture consumption is the stuff. You know, here's the here's the problem. We're born into this world. We don't have a compass and we're born with our back to God. By God's grace, many listening right now have been turned around and are now disciples of Jesus. We don't have our back to God. We're going with him. Now, the problem is, is that there's a few attributes of someone who walks that path in a way toward abundance. We hit self-denier yesterday. Today is scripture consumer. And D.L. Moody, give us that quote again. Yeah. I never saw a useful Christian who wasn't a student of the Bible. Hmm. I, I got to tell you, it's spot on. And, you know, I think I want to let people off the hook because it's not about a guilt trip to, oh, I'm not a student of the word. Student of the word means just little baby steps, get your nose in it, but begin to let the word of God govern and direct your life. It, it's, it's world changing. I got a funny, I got a funny story. We get time for this? Uh, let's save it. I'll save it. Uh, so what, a, give us a, a, a tease of what yeah. it. What it includes. Well, I wa here's what I'm wanting to do. This may sound crazy because some of you think uh, scripture consumer and you look at other people on how they do it. And let me just tell you, you've got to pray, seek God's face and go, how are we going to do this, God? How are we going to do this? It's, uh, you know, when we think about being a scripture consumer, and that's one of the attributes of a disciple. There's four places, by the way, with nearly 300 references to disciple or follower of Christ. There's at least, there are four, only four that are direct attributes. And that's what we're covering this week of a genuine disciple of Christ. So self-denier yesterday, today, scripture consumer. And, you know, I, I, I think sometimes we begin to adopt ways of studying scripture that maybe don't fit us to a T. Hmm. And I've gone through a lot of different, uh, I, I guess, approaches to not just the study of the word, but journaling. Yeah. And one of the things that I discovered when I was in Israel, I know Allie saw my new Bible that I had. It's a big journal Bible and it was... It was uh, meant with great intentions, but I was not using that thing as much as I was using my good old fashioned ESV. And I know this sounds like a little thing, but for me, it's huge. I have come back to my ESV without any journaling, and I've decided 
I'm going to do what I did at the start. When I had a New American Standard, I was saved February 11th, 1984. My dad got me a New American Standard Bible, and I just started marking that thing up and writing in the margins like a crazy man. And that's what I've done again. I've Mm. decided I'm just going to. It's not the neatest thing in the world. No one can understand it. I write like a doctor anyway, prescriptions. (laughs) And so, but I put notes upon notes in my margins next to it that help me understand context, historical, cultural, broader literary context, meaning bigger chunks of scripture around it, interpreting things. So I write with, I write all over my Bible. By the way, yeah, I checked with God. You can write all over your Bible. He said it's good to go. Okay. So (laughs) I highlight and then I'll grab key words and I'll circle those and then I'll go, uh, Boom, straight line up to the top or down to the bottom and put some definition around that that gives clarity to me and even some application points. And here's what's cool. Uh, I I have about three Bibles that are just loaded with messages of the heart that God has given me. And I want you to have a Bible that is used Scripture that is consumed. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So I think all all my big profound thought here is find a way that works for you. Find a way that works for you. And and don't give it up. Don't let anyone talk you out of it. Just hang with it. And I don't know, what's it look like for you guys? I would say for me, I I am a journaler. I really like to have uh, usually a floral <laughs> wire bound or something that's pretty sturdy and can take kind of years of opening and closing and pages being rubbed. So I like to sit with a Bible and a journal and a highlighter. And I'll, I like to pick out something that stands out to me and write about it a little bit. That's mm. oh, really helps cool. me take okay. in the word of God. And I found when I'm not disciplined in doing that, even if I'm reading, I'm maybe not taking in as much than if I were also journaling. It mm. helps me with kind of committing it to not memory in the sense that I'm memorizing a verse at a time, but remembering what I've read. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, something that I found to be really helpful is before I dive into the word, I sit and pray and I ask God to show me something that I haven't seen before uh, to to make the you know passage come alive. And I, I really do feel that as I ask that. He shows up and he he prepares my mind to see things that he wants me to see. And it it could be a passage that I've read a ton of times before, but he pulls something out of it that even if I did know it before, it's real to me in a new way uh, because of how he's prepared me for it. So I think that that helps me in consuming scripture as well. Like I think for me too, what I'll tend to do is jot in the Bible, like near verses and things of maybe just a couple things, two or three top things that either happened that day or are concerning me that day or are top on my prayer list that day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times if I go back, I just find that and pray that scripture into maybe that scenario or that situation mm-hmm. or into that person. And then to be able to go back and go, wow. God, you, wow, God, you are awesome. You know what I mean? Where he answered that. And it's there in my Bible for me to go back and remember what he has done. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. That's awesome, guys. I think it'd be fun to hear from the boom crew. How do you consume scripture? 
Yeah. How yeah. do you how do you consume scripture? I know that yesterday you asked a question and we got bulldozed with answers. So <laughs> probably get one on this, too. But I think just getting some of that sharing it, Allie, I think it'll encourage the troops in a big way. I, I want you to know right now that if you're hearing a voice of condemnation, that you're not in the scriptures, you're a loser. That would be Satan or his demonic yes. forces. But if you hear, I, I, I told the church this on Sunday when I was, whatever I have was just starting to get me. But I was talking about the hidden word. And uh, we'll get into that, by the way, in the next half hour. I, I got some stuff out of Psalm 119, verse 11, that is killer. Oh. But one of the things that uh, I told them is, you know, the word of God is so important. I don't want you to be condemned, but convicted, bring it on. <laughs> no, I mean that. No, it's true. It's true. I mean, the conviction is from the Holy Spirit. And so that's a good thing. It's like coffee, but for your ears, you're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, Carl, you uh, promised a story you want to make good on your word right now. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, when we think about being a scripture consumer, and that's one of the attributes of a disciple. There's four places, by the way, with nearly 300 references to disciple or follower of Christ. There's at least, there are four, only four that are direct attributes. And that's what we're covering this week of a genuine disciple of Christ. So self-denier yesterday, today, scripture consumer. And, you know, I, I, I think sometimes we begin to adopt ways of studying scripture that maybe don't fit us to a T. Hmm. And I've gone through a lot of different, uh, I, I guess, approaches to not just the study of the word, but journaling. Yeah. And one of the things that I discovered when I was in Israel, I know Ali saw my new Bible that I had. It's a big journal Bible, and it was, it was uh, meant with great intentions. But I was not using that thing as much as I was using my good old-fashioned ESV. And I know this sounds like a little thing, but for me, it's huge. I have come back to my ESV without any journaling, and I've decided I'm going to do what I did at the start. When I had a New American Standard, I was saved February 11th, 1984. My dad got me a New American Standard Bible, and I just started marking that thing up and writing in the margins like a crazy man. And that's what I've done again. I've mm. decided I'm just going to, it's not the neatest thing in the world. No one can understand it. I write like a doctor anyway, prescriptions. <laughs> and so, but I put notes upon notes in my margins next to it that help me understand context, histor historical, cultural, broader literary context, meaning bigger chunks of scripture around it, interpreting things. So I write with, I write all over my Bible. By the way, yeah, I checked with God. You can write all over your Bible. He said it, it's good to go. Okay. So <laughs> I highlight and then I'll grab key words and I'll circle those and then I'll go, uh, boom, straight line up to the top or down to the bottom and put some definition around that that gives clarity to me and even some application points. And here's what's cool. Uh, I, I have about three Bibles that are just loaded with messages of the heart that God has given me. And I want you to have a Bible that is used Scripture that is consumed. Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So I think 
I, all, all my big profound thought here is find a way that works for you. Find a way that works for you. And, and, and don't give it up. Don't let anyone talk you out of it. Just hang with it. And I don't know, what's it look like for you guys? I would say for me, I, I am a journaler. I really like to have a, usually a floral wire bound or something that's pretty sturdy and can take kind of years of opening and closing and pages being rubbed. So I like to sit with a Bible and a journal and a highlighter. And I'll, I like to pick out something that stands out to me and write about it a little bit. That's mm. oh, really helps cool. me take yeah. in the word of God. And I found when I'm not disciplined in doing that, even if I'm reading, I'm maybe not taking in as much than if I were also journaling. It mm. helps me with kind of committing it to not memory in the sense that I'm memorizing a verse at a time, but remembering what I've read. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, something that I found to be really helpful is before I dive into the word, I sit and pray and I ask God to show me something that I haven't seen before uh, to to make the you know passage come alive. And I, I really do feel that as I ask that he shows up and he. Yeah. He prepares my mind to see things that he wants me to see. And it, it could be a passage that I've read a ton of times before, but he pulls something out of it that even if I did know it before, it's real to me in a new way uh, because of how he's prepared me for it. So I think that that helps me in yeah, consuming scripture like as well. Like that. I think for me too, what I'll tend to do is jot in the Bible, like near verses and things of maybe just a couple things, two or three top things that either happened that day or are concerning me that day or are top of my prayer list that day. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times if I go back, I just find that and pray that scripture into maybe that scenario or that situation mm -hmm. or into that person. And then to be able to go back and go, wow. God, you, wow, God, you are awesome. You know what That's I mean? Cool. Where he answered that. And it's there in my Bible for me to go back and remember what he has done. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. That's awesome, guys. I think it'd be fun to hear from the Boom Crew. How do yeah. you consume scripture? Ooh, yeah. How yeah. do you how do you consume scripture? I know that yesterday you asked a question and we got bulldozed with answers. So <laughs> probably get one on this, too. But I think. Just getting some of that, sharing it, Allie, I think it'll encourage the troops in a big way. I, I want you to know right now that if you're hearing a voice of condemnation, that you're not in the scriptures, you're a loser. That would be Satan or his demonic yes. forces. But if you hear, I, I, I told the church this on Sunday when I was, whatever I have was just starting to get me. But I was talking about the hidden word. And uh, we'll get into that, by the way, in the next half hour. I, I got some stuff out of Psalm 119, verse 11, that is killer. Oh. But one of the things that uh, I told them is, you know, the word of God is so important. I don't want you to be condemned, but convicted, bring it on. <laughs> no, I mean that. No, it's true. It's true. I mean, the conviction is from the Holy Spirit. And so that's a good thing. So we'll open the phone lines now. Here's the question. What approach has really helped you be a scripture consumer? What a, a, maybe it's that you have a specific reading plan. Maybe reading on the app is what helps you take in more of the word. What approach has really helped you take in and understand more scripture? 312-274-9624. You can call or text on this one, but hey, I'd love to hear your voice this morning. 312-274-9624. 
Whether it's number one or 100, take that step with Jesus today. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. What approach to Bible reading best fits you? You may be a journaler. You may be a reader on the app. Maybe you have to have the physical Bible in front of you. What approach to reading Scripture has really helped you take in more of the Word? That's our question this morning. You can respond by text or phone call, 312-274-9624. Carl, we've got Kevin calling in this morning. Kevin from Earlville. What do you say on this one? Well, uh, we get a card um, every three months from church, and what was, it's uh, that soap, and soap will cleanse us, you know. So uh, it stands for Scripture. We read Scripture. We observe it as we write it down in a journal, and uh, what the Lord reveals to us, we apply it to our lives, and we pray it every day. That's good. So the acronym is SOAP, Scripture, Observe, Apply, and Pray. What do you think of that one, Carl? I love it. I think that's good. I mean, here's the key thing. You know, we talk a lot about different styles of consuming scripture, but the main thing is let's do it. Let's <laughs> right? let's, yeah. let's do it. it. Yeah. I mean, let's find a way to do it. And if that that works, that's dynamite. I do love the idea of observing and then applying. Mm-hmm. Why? The last statement in the Sermon on the Mount, anyone can hear these words, but those that apply it, they're going to be like a house built on a rock. So we just, isn't that cool how scripture applies what he's talking about right there? Fantastic. Got some good feedback coming in by text message as well. A 4304 says Bible study fellowship. This is the second year I've done the study. It starts in September, meets weekly through May. That's a great way of taking in the word of Mm. God and really understanding. 2885, need a physical Bible and a pen. This slows me down. So I wind up focusing better. (laughs) 8800 is the opposite. They really are rely on the app and utilize tech in an nice. important way. That okay. helps them engage, engage with the word. Here's a vote for you version, one of our favorites, 9837. And then Moody Radio has helped me understand mm. God's word, 2615. Carl, we, we love to hear that. Amen. We do. We do. And the guy that has his Bible open, I'm that way. I, uh, I love that leather smell and yeah. opening that bad boy up. And there's something about having that word in front of you. But don't feel condemned if you got to remember that the vast majority of faith walkers throughout history have learned by oral tradition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They didn't have, everybody didn't have a scroll. The priests had it. And so it's, it's good to, uh, to remember the fact that oral tradition can be a great way to do it. So if you're listening to an audio Bible, great. The only thing I'd say is if you've got something that's really working on your heart when you're listening, write that bad boy down. Get a notepad somewhere. Just write it down so that you can put a stake in the ground and say, God, I'm not only a consumer. I am. I'm applying this. I'm, I'm not just taking it in. I'm going to chew on it and make this part of my life. So good feedback from the, the crew this morning. Fantastic. Let's squeeze in one more call from Kathy from Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. Oh, let's. Oh, we're going to get Kathy potted down. We'll get back she's, to her. She's just, on Rand Road. She's guys. on Rand Road. Right she's got some directions you, going. Kathy. Kathy, do we have you from Lake Geneva, Wisconsin? You're on with Carl and crew. What approach to Bible reading I really helps am- you get in the word? I am here. Can you hear me? We can. Tell us about your Bible study. There we go. Thanks. Sorry about that. And yes, I'm driving. And yes, I'm wireless. And I still need to know where I'm going. Sorry about that, guys. (laughs) Anyway, um, 
Yeah, I, I have an early morning alarm. I, I start work at 7 in the morning, so I'm actually on my way to work right now, but my alarm goes off at 5. And I make sure that I get up and out of bed. Uh, I have a spot on my couch, and uh, um, my Bible is there, and I have some, some cool gel pens and the sleeves that, uh, that I, I, I underline things, I bracket things, um, I, I'll circle a keyword or underline a keyword, and um, I, taking notes from sermons, things I've heard from you guys, or I'll, I'll jot a little extra note, maybe have some historical information or, uh, or just a thought, a prayer, uh, kind of a little bit of what, what you all have talked about, um, taking that time before even opening the word to say, Open my heart, open my eyes, bring me to what you want me to see and hear and feel and, and, and gather from this. Awesome. Kathy from Lake Geneva, great feedback. Uh, thanks for calling in this morning. Yeah, you got Jill, a thought, Carl? Yeah, gel pens are one of the greatest things <laughs> for the spiritual life on the planet. I've they got really one of these are. bad boys. I'm telling you, when, when I found this acid-free gel highlighter by Mr. Pen Sleek, Mm-hmm. Funny name for a thing. Yeah, for big, real. big, big old mustache on this thing. I don't I've know got why. the same ones. That let me tell you something. These things are the best. They don't bleed through. You know, the old ones used to highlight one verse and it goes through to four other pages. Yeah. Yep. So this thing is bad boy gel pens. Honestly, these are practical little things that really help. Go get a good gel pen. Go get it. Go get a good highlighter. I'm totally with you on that. So you go search for it. If you're someone who likes to kind of mark your Bible, get some gel pens. Google it. They'll change your, your life. Well, maybe <laughs> not change your life, but they will definitely change your Bible reading habits. We're all for that. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. Guys, I want to tell you, there is a constant battle that we're going to face for redeeming time in our life, no doubt about it. And if you're like me, you wake up on a Sunday morning about 9 o'clock, you get the update from your iPhone. Do Androids do the same thing, guys? Same same uh, time frame? Uh, super uh, Super Superdine? Yeah, they do. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's like 9 o'clock. This is great for Christ followers, because right before church kicks off, you get an update on how much time you've been on your phone. And sometimes <laughs> it is a you, good look, time. you look down at that and you're like, whoa, yeah. Nelly. Yep. So I just want to tell you guys, and I'm going to keep featuring this more and more. Allie's produced a phenomenal resource that if you start listening to this little podcast, she updates them like every week or two. There's every two up- weeks. Every two weeks. Uh, there's an updated uh, podcast. This is a great little way to redeem some time in a powerful way. Mm. And I, I just want you to check it out. Text the word SNAP to our number here, 312-274-9624. I'll say it slow. SNAP. Just text that number, SNAP. That word. I can figure out words from numbers. <laughs> you got it. Text SNAP to 312-274-9624. And we're aiming to help you. We want to help you take your next step with Jesus. And this week, you'll get a full dose of a guy named James who Awana radically altered his life. Do you know how many people are out there that are looking for practical things that they can apply to their life? In this case, James had kids. Guess what? He wanted those kids helped. And it's just a great little reminder with Ali's storytelling and interviews of all kinds of 
challenges that it's not going to be like social media just washing over us. It's going to be truth like we're talking about today that's going to help you really stay aligned with God. And that's what we want for you. So text word SNAP to 312-274-9624. Well, when I was a little guy, I don't know if you guys are like this. Did you ever hide from your mom and dad or siblings? And there's something so cool about being hidden. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Kind of. Yeah, I played hide and seek with my brother and my cousin all the time. And it was the best to to listen to them looking for me, but not being able to find me. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the principle out of this verse in Psalm 119.11. This is what the psalmist says. I have hidden your word in my heart. And the way I read this is, I have hidden your word in my heart Mm. that I might not sin against you. The hidden word is requisite for abundant living. Not just in the head, but in the heart, hidden. But there's three observations I want to give you from this text, and I'm going to hit one per segment here, and then we can kick it around here. The first one is this, the impetus of the hidden word. And I'll explain the word impetus. I love this word, but some you might not be familiar with it. The impetus of the hidden word is taking personal responsibility. The impetus is a driving force, an impulse, an incentive stimulus. The impetus of the hidden word is taking personal personal responsibility. This is a big deal. We live in a world today that we we blame family of origin, we blame bosses, we blame everything under the sun, the busy schedule that we have. But when it comes to hiding the word in your heart, you've got to have personal responsibility. It says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Personal responsibility is a big deal. And I think sometimes we can kind of deflect and have all kinds of excuses. No, no. What the psalmist is saying here is take personal responsibility for getting the word of God into your heart. Now, I've got two empty impetuses to hide the word. These are empty ones. In fact, when I was prepping this message, I preached it on Sunday. I thought, what is the plural of impetus? Is it impeti? No, I looked it up. <laughs> I looked it up. It's, it's impetuses. Huh. So two empty impetuses I'm going to give you. One is religious guilt. Don't let that drive you to get the word in. Don't do that. And the other one is religious pride. I remember uh, many years ago, a guy that had his, we'd, we'd come for meetings and he'd open up his Bible and he would open it up to sections. We were just having a meeting. He'd open it up to sections that were really highlighted. And, and I, I was able to, over a period of time, get to know this guy a little bit. But I thought, oh, my goodness, this is this is where hiding God's word can become a piece of pride in our life. This hiddenness is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's that, it's like you were saying, Young Thunder, hey, man, everybody's looking for me, but I'm I'm tucked down here. That's what the psalmist is saying. But personal responsibility is job one. Mm. And it's funny because we live in a world of blame game and rationalization. And you will always be able to find a way to not consume scripture. Right. Yeah. There's always going to be something come up. But I'll tell you, job one, if I could just put on my pastor hat right now, I'm going to say this. Take personal responsibility 
for hiding the word of God in your heart. And it'll change you. And then this, uh, we'll go back to Psalm 119, verse 11. I love those observations because it's one, it's one short little verse, but there's a lot there, right, Carl? Oh, it's loaded. It's loaded. So coming up, I want to talk about the payoff of the hidden word because that's packed in here well. And then I'm going to get to the secret of the hidden word and how it really works in our life. So those two are coming up. Boom Crew, celebrate what God is doing in you. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, as we're talking about four attributes of a disciple this week, I want to let you know about something that's happening. This is going to be tomorrow night and Saturday. Two opportunities to jump on a webinar. Uh, Carl's going to be hosting it. And it's going to be a, a vision for some coaching. He walks through coaching with a small group of people at a time based on these seven resolutions laid out in his book, The Seven Resolutions, that released last year and is doing awesome, by the way. But if you want to learn more about this, maybe you've grown accustomed to some bad habits or you've been battling something for so long, you've decided this just this one I'm going to have to live with. No, if that's where you're at, I want to invite you text the word seven to three, one, two, two, seven, four, nine, six, two, four. You're going to get the details on this webinar. Again, there's one tomorrow night and then one Saturday morning. Just sign up for the one that works best for your schedule and you'll find out if this is for you. Just text the word seven to three, one, two. Two seven four nine six two four. Carl, we're in Psalm one nineteen right now. Yeah, we are. We're talking about this this incredible truth, and that is that scripture consumers are an attribute of a disciple. And in Psalm one nineteen eleven, I'm just breaking down three little observations here. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So personal responsibilities at the top. Notice the psalmist says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Personal responsibility, just to linger here for a second. Allie, isn't that one of the most powerful gifts we can give ourselves when, when we say, it's, this is on me. It really I'm is. I'm own this. It really is. And I, you, there's a principle that uh, I heard you talk about pretty frequently when I first met you. You would always talk about owning what you can own. That would own come it. up in different, in different ways on the show. And it's such a good principle for life that you, when you start to worry about whether I have 5% of the responsibility and the other person is 95, if you can own any of it, own it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So a second principle here I want to give here, Allie, that's really cool is that the payoff of the hidden word is staying aligned with God. So this is what he says. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And sometimes we've got to understand, okay, what's going on here that I won't do badly? No, that we are that we won't miss the mark. It's an archery term. And if you go to Israel, like I was there here this whole last week and half week before that, you will find that there was uh, there's all kinds of references, even historical, archaeological, to weaponry. And they would have understand fully what this meant. Sin was the distance from the bullseye to wherever you were hidden. So what the psalmist is saying here is I've hidden your word in my heart so that I won't stray from you so that I won't miss the mark with you. So the payoff of the hidden word is staying aligned with God. When you hide God's word in your heart, you're staying aligned with him. Now, I've got a profundity alert here. Okay, guys. Okay. This is, this is <laughs> profundity this is, alert. alert. I've got a profundity alert here. If the B-777, big jumbo jet that I flew out of Istanbul, headed for Chicago, I've got a profundity alert. Here's what I want you to know. If when we left Istanbul, 
the pilot hadn't aimed the plane towards Chicago, we never would have arrived at Chicago. Mm, okay, that makes sense. Wow. True. <laughs> now, I'm watching. Have you ever gotten on a plane and watched that flight tracker thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why, but I actually get a kick out of that. I love airspeed and elevation and all that stuff. But here's what I noticed. He, just practically speaking, he aimed this thing at Chicago. He didn't go do 360 loops over Ireland when we were getting out of Istanbul. He just kept trucking. And this is what hiding the word of God in your heart does. It pays off in that you stay aligned with God. And what I love about this is that it's a reflection of ancient Israel. Because every time the nation of Israel was sensitive, open, and staying aligned with God in his word, they flourished. Lands were taken. Battles were won. Uh, victory was theirs. It wasn't painless, but it was real. But every time they neglected the word and they then strayed from that bullseye, being aligned with God, they missed out on so much. So the payoff of the hidden word is staying aligned with God. I just absolutely love that. You know, I have a lot of men ask me a lot. One of the most significant ditches that men fall into is impurity. And in Psalm 119, just two verses earlier, it says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. The payoff of the hidden word is powerful. It keeps you aligned with God. It keeps you out of a ditch. And it's one of the greatest promises there is. Having the word of God richly dwelling in our heart, I got to tell you, I'm a better husband for it. I'm a better dad to my adult kids. I'm a better colleague with you guys. Every time I've got that richly dwelling in me, I'm, I'm a different man. And that's what God wants to do in you too. When you read the word, it illuminates things about yourself and about others, about the world around us. And that's right on. I, if, if you look at the spiritual condition, why would we, why would we expect people who have not encountered the grace, power, and the goodness of God to act Christian? Why would we? Yeah, we can't, we can't, we can't do it. I mean, that's just, that's just crazy. Yeah. It's, it's wrong headed. Okay, so the third one out of Psalm 119.11, third point of application is simply this. The secret of the hidden word is moving it from our head to our heart. The scripture is filled with people. If, if Bible knowledge alone were enough to make you righteous, the Pharisees would have been the most righteous. These guys mm. knew the word, man. So it's not about having it in the head. It's about having it in the heart. And this is why it's so important. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, this heart attitude is important. Now, we know this is true. Let me give you three verses about the power of what comes out of the heart. Luke six forty five: the good person out of the good treasure in his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasures produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So think about this a second here. Uh, even with... God-fearing men that I've worked with on this issue of what comes out of the mouth. A hidden word in the heart will direct the overflow of the mouth. The secret of the hidden word is moving it from the head to the heart. This is why getting to a place where it's consuming your heart. Look out. 
I mean, honestly, the issue isn't cussing. The issue is a heart that's unguarded. The issue isn't being a cavalier or taking your spouse for granted. The issue is a heart. Uh, the, the heart that is nurtured and kept by the word of God is going to produce a mouth that speaks good stuff. It just is true. Helping you start your day off right. This is Carl and Crew Mornings. Psalm 119.11 says this, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So how has storing up God's word in your life? What's been the payoff for you? Let's go to the phones. Joanna calling in from West Chicago. How has this uh, worked out in your own life? Um, Go ahead. It has been, yes, sorry. It has been um, with anger or um, flashes and, you know, getting very emotional about something going on. And I've used or memorized Philippians 4, 2. Let your gentleness be evident to all for the Lord is near. Hmm. That's good. Joanna from West Chicago, thanks for calling in this morning. That's a good one. Philippians 4 2. Let's go to Alice from Long Island, New York. Thanks for listening and calling in this morning. What what verse or chapter have you hidden in your heart that helps keep you from sinning against the Lord? Well, many of them, especially the financial ones. I like Psalm 37 saying, I have been young and now I'm old and I have not seen the righteous forsaken or the seed begging for bread. Mm. This meant something to me all during my life, during budget crunches. That's wonderful. Alice from Long Island, thanks for sharing that. Philip from Chicago, let's get you in here. Uh, What have you seen as a payoff from hiding God's word in your heart? Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, one payoff is having a call back, even though he's not actually back. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) You know, something I've I've dealt with anxiety, depression, and, and, and fear over you know, in my life, especially my adult life, Second uh, Timothy one seven has been one of my foundational verses. Allie. as a matter of fact, that was on Lisa that I uh, I it's on the back of my business card. You know, and and I find that to be just a comfort. You know, for really, God did not give us the, the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Mm. And uh, sometimes I just look at my business card when I'm feeling a little anxious, when I'm worried about you know things with the kids or. Uh, just choices I've got to make just in terms of family or life. And that really assures me. And that and, and John sixteen thirty three, and we all know that one, you know, that in this world you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. Or some versions say, do not despair, for I have overcome the world. That, that's such a reassuring verse because it tells us that we do not have to do it all, that we have a Savior who is perfect in his purpose and his plan. And all we need to do is just trust. You know that old song, trust and obey. There's no other way. Who? Come on now, sister. (laughs) Say. You won't get me singing, but I know those lyrics, Philip from Aurora. Thanks for calling in this morning. Carl, I know you got a word here. Oh, I just see we well, here's we've just had people testifying to this reality that when you hide God's word in your heart, you will stay aligned with him. You won't miss the mark. And it's that practical. We're getting bombarded with messaging all the time. And by the way, be reminded of this. What's rattling around in your mind this morning will be lived out in your life by high noon. It will. So what you need to get in your mind and then move down to your heart is the truth of God's word. 
it's it's amazing. But we've heard three boom, 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 rapid testimonies of how the word of God in our heart keeps us aligned with God. It's that profoundly simple. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.